When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Hello and welcome to another Touch of Gooners podcast. It's your boy Dan Kuhn to host today. Apologies for the late um, delivery of this, but life has been pamming everyone um, on the pod, so we couldn't really get the cast together. So, uh, so we're doing this a little bit later when people were a bit freer, but we wanted to get some content out for you guys. Um, so I'm joined today by Sean the SV Carbaholic. How you doing, my man? Yeah, all right, man. All good, bro. Yeah, so it's an interesting week. Interesting week. I don't think we've recorded since the Man City um, defeat, actually. So this was our first game um, since then. We, we were playing Chelsea at home. Um, and I guess my main question to you, Sean, is before we, we get into the game, um, what has your general feeling been around Arsenal this this week? You know, I think that's an interesting question to ask. Mm, uh, I've not felt too bad, man. Uh, I felt the Man City game, it didn't rattle me as much as the West Ham and Southampton games. Those ones, my head was on the moon. Um, so I was like, and that's where in my mind I was like, no, nah, I think I think we've lost it now. Do you know what I mean? So going to Man City, I think it would have been hard enough with our first choice 11 um, as it is. We might not have won if everyone was fit anyway. But um, yeah, and, and just... By what had been compounded the previous weeks before, um, I was yeah I was a bit deflated, not angry because um, I know winning the title was contingent on all the variables going in our favour and everyone being fit and you know obviously I think like I said I think I made this point a few times I've got to give you credit for it because last season you said you expected us to make a big jump um, and we have made a big jump this season from fifth to pretty much almost first but. Um, as we've seen, we're just not there as a squad yet. Do you know what I mean? So the, the jump we've made is great, but evidently we still need quite a bit more, um, especially to be able to compete regularly. Um, so it, it, is, it is what it is. Um, we just absorb and we go again. Mm. 
Yeah, fair play, man. I think um, I, I was saying, you know, I think I think my feeling at the end of last season. So if we some like well, if we don't win the league um, this year, I think my feeling will be higher than it was last year. If that makes sense, I think um, last year, uh, you know, we didn't really um, overachieve as far as I'm concerned. I think last year the 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 goal was top four, you know, and we missed out on the goal. And I think the manner in which we missed out on the goal, um, etc., is was was pretty disappointing. I think to lose to Spurs in that way, um, and then and then you know still be in your hands at Newcastle, and then to lose to Newcastle in that way as well, right? So um, I think this season there's been you know a lot more. Um, a lot more highs, you know, a lot, lot, lot more highs that I can think about so many games, you know, um, where it's just been a fantastic uh, watch. You know, I think the football has been brilliant this season for the most part. Um, and there's just been so many good, good results, you know, especially in the league where you, you look at, you know, the result against United, the results against Aston Villa, Bournemouth, the way that game ended. You know, I've had a lot of joy watching the club um, this season. I think that's reflected in the, you know, the demand for tickets at the stadium, etc. People are messaging me left, right and centre wanting to get in there. So, um, so I do feel good and I feel positive about the team. Generally, I think I feel a lot better than I did at the end of last season, but obviously there's still that, um, there would still be that tinge of disappointment um, if we weren't able to, to do the miraculous um, from, from, from this point onwards um so so let's let's get into the game actually right because i think uh i uh, the the lineup deserves um at least a little bit of conversation because i don't know about you sean but that lineup made me quite irritated i'm not gonna lie like i, I thought it was um it was welcome to see a change i'm not not complaining about you know the the changes made so um, for people who, who, who are just listening, didn't watch the match or don't know the lineup, um, uh, we saw Kirill come in for for Rob Holding, um, and uh, we saw Jorginho come in for Party, and Trossard come in for Martinelli, right? So, so those were three changes, and for me, um, it was yeah, it, it annoyed me to be honest. It it really annoyed me because I think. You know, Anna said it in the group chat, right? That the the logic around playing Rob Holding over Kivio was that you can't play two left footers together. Um, you can't. You don't have the right passing lanes. They don't know how to defend the right angles, etc. Um, and I think you know most people are just like, yeah, fine. You know, Kivio basically means Kivio must be unusable in that position if we're seeing Rob Holding play. And I think. You know, even though Rob Holding hasn't necessarily made you know glaring errors in these past few games, it's clear what he did to our build-up, what he did to our ability to stay compact, to our spacing, etc., etc. And so, seeing Kivio come in, it pissed me off because it's just like we had games against struggling rivals. So we had a couple games against Leeds, um, against. Everton at home, I think it was. Was it Leeds and Everton at home? Palace. It was Palace. Leeds and Palace, yeah. Leeds and Palace. Sorry. Um, One before the international break, I think one after. We won. We scored four in both of those games. Uh, I think we won both games 4-1, right? And so I think when you're looking at it, um, you're saying, 
I'm not too sure um, if Rob Holden is an issue, but if you want to dive a little bit deeper, you know, I think those games, there were some 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 signs that, you know, it's not necessarily looking all, all rosy here, the way we're defending. I think Palace had a few clear breaks. Leeds put us under a little bit of pressure early in the first half as well. Um, and and it's, to me, I think from the Liverpool game, the way that ended, and then West Ham, you could see that this is, you know, being a little bit of an issue. We're not able to build up in the same way. And I think the West Ham game especially, because although we played well for the first 35 minutes, after they got back into it, I thought we didn't have an answer to them in the West Ham game. And I think part of that was they completely disrupted our build-up, disrupted our momentum, and we weren't able to to get back into that game. And I think in that match, uh, we had one shot in like the last 30 minutes of that game, right? And so going into that Southampton game, you think, all right, look, now let's try and change something around because this is clearly not working. If we go into that Man City game with Rob Holden playing, we're definitely going to lose kind of thing. And that's the way it transpired. So to see Kim York play and the performance that he delivered um, as well, it actually annoyed me quite a bit because it felt like, right, this is a missed opportunity because I personally think that, you know, we would have been much better in those games against West Ham and Southampton if... Holden had not been playing. So, you know, what were your thoughts on the on the starting lineup when you saw it? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not too dissimilar to you. It, I was kind of like, I mean, it was the right decision, but you're looking at it and you're like, really? You couldn't have made this decision a, a, a few games before, like a couple of games before. Um, and, you know, people are talking about, oh, you, do, you don't want to throw him into any sort of environment. But I'm like, you know, we spent more on this guy than we did on Rapolding, do you know what I mean? So we were buying someone who was wanted by AC Milan and Inter Milan in January and we acted quicker. So obviously I'm assuming this guy's got a bit more pedigree about him. We, we, we did the tapes when um, we initially scattered him and he looked a bit more comfy on the ball, especially than, than, than Holding is, especially even when he played in midfield. So I thought we had something about him. And um, so, yeah, I was... I was a bit disappointed this didn't happen earlier. You know, the the, the holding stuff, I think we don't need to relitigate too much. Like, you know, um, people were saying, oh, Arteta should have changed more. Um, I can see both sides because, you know, last season when things went wrong, Arteta did change it and then he was castigated for changing it too much. You know, with Xhaka left back, X here, X there. And so this season he might have looked at it and thought, oh, do you know what? I'll just keep all the other outfield players the same and just dunk holding in. And um and hopefully it won't have too much of an impact. But as we've seen, Holden has too much of a detrimental impact. And people might point to, oh, but look, Holden was there when you went 2-0 up away to Liverpool and 2-0 up away to West Ham. Um, and that's true, he was there. So, But fundamentally, his natural propensity is to always drop off, um, you know, and and that not keeping the defensive line high, high means that he'll drop off, which means that he creates bigger distances in between the lines, which means that then overloads and puts more pressure on other individuals around, which then, you know, just creates bigger gaps. We, we've seen all those gaps in the last few games, you know what I mean? And they've been ruefully exploited. So, yeah, it, it was well overdue. Arteta said pre-game we had to make changes. We had been conceding too many goals. And like I said, there was nothing wrong with it. It's just it was more frustration and annoyance that, you know, we could have done this earlier. And for me, it would have definitely won at least one of those three games you know, from that Liverpool, West Ham, Southampton um, run. Mm, yeah, yeah, and I think um, I think there was a tweet going around that was comparing the defensive line between um, the Chelsea match and uh, Leeds, I believe, as well, right? Um, which was 
the first game that Holden played. So it's not even one of those where we lost, but it was a it was like a seven meter difference, you know, um, in the in the in the height of the line. And I think, you know, looking back at some of the poor performances, because I think we can all agree that Thomas Party has not had the best um, month of month of April, um, and it reminded me of of Party when we first sort of tried to play this four three three or the four two three one when Holden was. Um, when Holden was in the lineup or Pablo Mario or whoever, um, and we weren't able to keep the, the line high. And, you know, I have to look at it and say, we look at this guy, Thomas Party. yeah, he can move around the pitch, but he doesn't really have that same, you know, um, ability to get around the pitch like a, a, an Angolo Kante in his prime or a Declan Rice or a Caicedo, etc. You know, when it's small space defending, the line is very compact, like you see, at, at, like it was at Atletico Madrid. Um, they're probably one of the most compact teams defensively off the ball, etc. Um, and Arsenal have been very compact this season. You see the best in in, in Thomas Partey, and when he has to cover, you know, big uh, 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 spaces, you know, he, he turns into almost a completely different player. It's chalk and cheese, you know. So um, I do, I don't want to, you know, say, oh, Partey's performance is is all down to holding, but I think the spaces that the team had in the midfield were all wrong, didn't help him, um, and it didn't allow us to build that platform for success that we've seen um, for the majority of this season. So, you know, it was a little bit frustrating to not be able to, you know, see a bit more of this Kivior guy um, in this um, in this running because, you know, that's someone that you bought in January, you know, to 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 come in and help, help out. That's someone that you thought could come in and contribute. Um, and for me... It was quite disappointing that, you know, Rob Holding or, or not even Rob, I'm not even going to put it on Rob Holding, that the manager, for me now, I think this is probably the third season in a row where he's sort of not been able to adapt to um, bad situations and it's eventually cost us. And I think this is something that he really needs to learn from because you look back um, his first full season um, where we came eighth, we had an opportunity, I think, and a very good opportunity to win the Europa League, qualify for Champions League football. Um, and I think his tinkering really cost us. You know, um, we lost Tierney to injury. Um, and I think he, he, he adjusted a little bit too much and in the wrong way, etc. In that in that game, we weren't able to cope. I think Pablo Mari and Holden played in that first leg. Um, and that cost us. Gabriel was sitting on the bench for that game whilst fit. Um, and, and I think that was a poor decision. You look at it last season, um, we lost Tierney again to injury. Um, we lost... Um, party as well. Who was it? It was party to injury. Um, and the adjustments that he made in the team, I think Ben White was missing for that game. The adjustments that he made in the team ultimately cost us as well, you know, with the likes of Cedric, with the likes of Holden. And, and, and I think this is the third season in a row where... You know, things have gone wrong as they do in a season, you know, as they do in a season. You know, you're not things. These things are going to happen. So I'm not like going to say, oh, yeah, injuries have cost us this, that and the other. Because for me, I think you need to find a way to win regardless. You know, you need to find a way to win regardless because you're not going to be able to have everyone fit throughout the whole season. And for me, we shouldn't need Saliba to beat. Southampton to beat bottom of the league. You shouldn't need to leave to beat West Ham when you're 2-0 up. 
um, already at home. Do you know what I mean? And so it's those two games that I'm really looking at to say, you know, we 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 kind of fumbled it, kind of fumbled it here. So um, let's get into some of the performances on the day. Um, so we did win the match 3-1. So we have start, started this in a bit of a, a dour mood, but we did win the match 3-1. So apologies to the listeners if you're expecting a, a bit more of a, a, a positive start um, to the pod. But yeah, we did win the game 3-1. And I think, you know, for the most part, Chelsea are an abysmal football team um, currently. You know, I think we thoroughly outclassed them um, in that first half and then took our, our, our feet off the gas a little bit um, in the second half, allowed them to come back into it a little bit. But I think the game was won um, in that first 30 minutes, right? Um, and one of the performances, I think, uh, the actual eventual man of the match was Martin Odegaard, right? He's left now with two two goals, taken up to 14 goals for the season with four games remaining. You know, it's a fantastic return, um, fantastic return from him. So, you know, what do you make of his performance on the day and then how do you evaluate his season so far? You know? Yeah, I, I, I thought he was good. Uh, I think he's, you know, what you describe as one of, te- one of the technical leaders on the pitch. So once we are able to progress the ball well, we find him in the half spaces. We either expect him to release the ball out to Saka on the right or to try and find a short or an inside pass uh, ball over the top. So there's always options for him. So um, that was really, really good. Um, obviously, people point to the fact that Chelsea were quite passive, but, you know, they have a, a decent midfield on paper as well. So, and you know, things can change and spark up at any point. But I think overall, you can never... I mean, what he's done this season, if it's that, what, 14 goals, seven, eight assists? You, you can't argue with that, man. Especially non-penalty goals as well, no penalties. Um, don't he didn't he hasn't scored a free kick this season? That was the season before, wasn't it? So he's not even scored a free kick, so no set pieces. These are all just everything's in open play. Um, and you know, can't argue with it, man. I think he's been sensational, bro, because he does he, he's doing what we want in terms of the midfielding, the, the surgical playmaking, but the output is uh is fantastic. You know, I know this Arteta quote didn't apply to him at the time, but. Uh, when Arteta said, you know, you're playing number 10 for Arsenal, you come up with like 15 goals, 10 assists. Like, it's very, very cl- like, and, and those are high, high lofty ambitions, but he's very, very close to that. So um, you can only give him props, man. I think he's had a fantastic, fantastic season, um, led by example. Um, you know, we all wanted him to, to shoot a lot more because he's got fantastic technique, as we all know. And both his finishes on Wednesday, on what, Tuesday, it's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. Top, top finishes. And, and you know, so the sort of goals that we've seen him score a lot of this season as well, mm. right? Cutting, like arriving into the box from cutbacks and, and, and finding a corner. Um, so for me, I think the most promising thing about this is that a lot of these goals seem very repeatable for me. Like, as you said, you know, it's not like um, he's scoring a few pens here and there. Um it, 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 it's. I think there's a few long ranges in there from outside the box. I'm thinking the Spurs game um, was the game against Southampton. But even then, I'm looking at it and saying, you know, if if it does open up for you, pull the trigger. You've got the, you've got that quality. So you know, I think this is a, a great um, benchmark for him now. You know, he's just. Uh, I don't know if he's turned 24 yet, but you know, 23, 24. Um, you're you're coming into your prime years and now it's like you know as you said Sean we've been asking this guy to shoot um we've been asking him to you know pull the trigger 
um, because he has a great shooting technique. He's a good finisher, as we've seen. Um, great long shot on him as well. And he has that ability to time his runs into the box. And so for me, I think this should now be the target for him. You know, every season we've got to get, you know, sort of 12, uh, 12 to 14 goals from you, you know, push push as much as possible because, you know, I think the type of chances that he's getting on the end of, um, the long shots that he's taking, very, very repeatable. So, you know, I think if he can become this sort of goal-scoring midfielder, that can be an absolute, you know, massive weapon um, in our locker, you know, especially against some of these deep blocks where you do need someone to pull the trigger from long range at times. You do need someone to, you know, arrive in that second line um, as well. So, you know, I'm really, really encouraged by this season. Um, and I think, you know, some people have been, you know, a little bit down on him, given uh, I think some of the performances as well in this period. I think he's one of those um, like Thomas Party, whose level I think dropped um, in 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 a, in a couple of these games. But I think um, within that, you know, he got a goal against West Ham, another two today. You know, within that, it's one of these things where I think now is the time where you know he he's showing that he can be a real difference maker, and it's about doing that. Um, consistently in, you know, I guess the high pressure games, the, the the big away games where, you know, the games might be a little bit more um, physical, etc. So, you know, I thought it was a, a, a good bounce back performance from, from Odegaard, a good captain's performance as well, especially in that first half. So, you know, um, I'm, I, I was, I was, uh, I was glad to see it. Um, so another performance that I wanted to touch on as well was uh, that of Jorginho. Because obviously he's come into the lineup for Thomas Party, who we mentioned um, has not been in the best of form um, for the past couple of games. Um, but I thought Jorginho had a quietly um, very good game. You know, I thought uh, he did win the ball up high um, a few times as well um, in the press. He didn't really get run past um, in the midfield at all, um, and. Uh, he, he recycled possession, kept kept us the ball, and I think allowed us to have um, quite a bit of control of the match, especially in that in that first half. So, what do you make of his performance as well? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's all interlinked. Like you know, sometimes when we've been critical of the midfield, it was as a byproduct of the fact that they've been overworked because the defensive line was very it was deeper than it usually is. So, whereas you know, on Tuesday you saw how it was back, you know, basically on the halfway line, which allowed the defense the midfielders to have a higher starting position they could win the ball back a lot higher um so yeah i did and you said quite i didn't even get a quietly good game i just thought it was good just generally and you know um this is coming from someone who's probably not his biggest fan but you know we have to be objective and i thought he was very very good on the ball um i think we spoke about it in the chat today he's probably i think more in line with what arteta wants from a lone six in terms of he's literally a tempo on the ball get it give it go get it, give it, go, get it, give it, go. It's very um, monotonous. It might Some people might even say it's quite boring. Um, but, you know, when you look at the typical Spanish DMs, you know, how Busquets was, how Rodri is now, it isn't, um, it isn't fancy. Um, and, you know, probably when we're doing comparisons, and, and I think German Dan made this point in the group chat as well, is that Party is obviously someone who was more converted into a six, but he's more... I want to get it. I want to go forward straight away. But, you know, maybe a lesson we can learn, um, as we saw on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday as well, is that sometimes the ball doesn't always need to go forward straight away. Do you know what I mean? So it's more about 
killing the opposition's momentum. You know, when Arteta talks about death via however many thousand passes, you say, where it's just you you are the ones who are, you literally demoralise the opposition in terms of they're just like, you, they have to follow the ball so much. And I think that's, you know, when City are at their best, that's what they do to you as well. They, they demoralise you so much that sometimes you end up stop chasing and that's when they find the gap through the lines. Do you know what I mean? So um, whilst we have our doubts defensively, I think on the ball, there, there's no uh, denying his quality because he can pick a pass as well. But I think he's probably more of a tempo setter and it, it'd be interesting to see how that um, pans out in the summer, what we look to do. Um, because I think obviously while he can do a job, you know, I don't want him playing significant minutes because of those um athletic deficiencies so so it'd be interesting to see um to see what we do there but i thought we had a very very good game it was probably motivated to play well because uh you know playing against his old employers and you saw that picture he put on his ig where enzo was he had his legs in the air like a bad bee uh <laughs> so so yeah no fair, fair play to him man he played really really well on tuesday yeah 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 i i, I agree completely and, and to be fair we did spend the, the the majority of the, the opening segment talking about Rob Holden, right? But let's actually talk about Jacob Kimbiel's performance as well, right? In a little bit more detail. So I've got it up here. Um, and he he passed for 93, um, 93%, complete 53 or 57. Um, he won his only um, ground duel. I'm assuming that means the one tackle, three interceptions, one block shot, four clearances, only won one of his five um, aerial duels contested um, and has 71 touches of the ball, right? So what do you make of his performance? And then I guess my next question would then be, how do you feel going into Newcastle on Sunday with Kibbe or playing um, next to Gabriel? Uh, so yeah, I thought his performance was was decent. I, I think obviously we don't want to get too carried away by anything because it is literally only just one game, and it is, um, you know, and I probably he did start a bit nervous. You could probably tell first 10-15, which is normal. The guy's not played, you know. We're, we're trying to integrate him, so yeah, it was a bit normal. But I think whilst he didn't do anything crazy or mad that you thought like wow, wow, I think just what. I took from it was that there was a level of composure and serenity about his game that just allowed us to play our normal game. Do you know what I mean? And our players didn't look like they were scared to give him the ball. Like I said, when we did the tapes, you could tell that he's very, very comfy on either side. Um, obviously, because he's a lefty, naturally he wants to play to the left. But obviously, you've got Gabriel, Zinni, Xhaka, they're all there as well. So um, that normal pass, which would be out wide to like um, White or Saka or whoever. Um, probably wasn't always there, but Jorginho did a good job of maybe stepping in, you know, to help him as well to give him that to give him that option. So I thought he was, I thought he was decent. I thought he was fine. There was that bit on the, where they had a where we had a corner and they broke from it in the second half. We actually showed good recovery pace. So he actually might be quicker than some of us think he is. Actually, certainly quicker than Holden. Anyway, that's that's for sure. So which is um, <laughs> which which is a positive in itself. But I think that the the main compliment I can give him is that. We looked more like ourselves on Tuesday. Mm. You know, you could talk about Chelsea being not great, which is fine, they weren't. But it's more about what we're doing and how we execute. And I think, you know, once we execute our build-up well, our attack starts to take over. And and that that was noticeable on Tuesday, so props to him. Um, and yeah, I'd be keeping him in for Sunday. Sunday is going to be very tough for him. Do you know what I mean? I do. I am worried about that game. I can't sit here and not lie. Callum Wilson, Isak, 
Willock. There's a lot of athletes in that Newcastle team. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of physicality. Um, but it is what it is. I think it would have been hard going there with Saliba, as it is anyway. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not going to judge him too harshly on that. I think he's the sort... He probably... I would assume in fitness, let him play for the rest of the season. I don't see why not. Do you know what mm. I mean? So... Um, so yeah, I just want to see him build up a bit more of a relationship. Obviously, we probably have to caveat that he is playing right centre back. Do you know what I mean? So he isn't on his normal comfy side, but, but I think he did well, man. And um, hopefully, something he can build on now. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Because I think um, you know, as you mentioned, some of their danger men, Newcastle have got you know a lot of pace up top, and they've got a lot of power up top as well. You know, it's going to be, I think, a bit more of a physical battle. And there, especially with the likes of Callum Wilson, you can imagine he will peel off to Kivio rather than Magaliage um, and try and do a lot more of that um, rough and tumble uh, type forward play than, you know, the likes of Aubameyang um, and even Kai Havertz, uh, when he came on, tried to do as well. So it's a different kind of match, um, different kind of match for 100%, right? So, you know, it would definitely be interesting to see how he copes with um, with that side of the game. Um, so just the final final performances that I did want to want to touch on as well, right? So we concede the goal off the back of Zinchenko, um, sort of falling to sleep, falling asleep um, at the back post, which I was a bit disappointed about because we know Chelsea have not scored in you know a number of games. We haven't kept a home clean sheet in in months um i can't even remember what was the last home clean sheet that we had you know don't know, um, don't know. But, I, I can't really think um of what it what it what it was um might even have to look at this because um that's how long it's been uh just thinking oh the everton game the first of march we won four nil Otherwise, you're going back to um, Newcastle, Newcastle at home. Yeah, the Newcastle in January. So we've kept two clean sheets since the third of January. Two home clean sheets in 2023, and I think that's that's a big issue uh, for me. You know, I think earlier in the season we were keeping a lot more clean sheets um, than this, uh, just generally. Um, home and away and I think the last few weeks has been a little bit disappointing for me defensively um, and I think that was pretty poor from Zinchenko who was having um, quite a good game I thought there was a few bits of sloppiness but I thought he was having a solid game for us he was winning a lot of headers um, and ground jewels for me in the match against uh, you know guys who are bigger and stronger than him in, in, in Noni Madweke um, there, so I thought he, he was having a good game, and I was a little bit disappointed to see um, to see to see him just basically go to sleep on that game. So, you know, what do you make of of this? You know, defensive lapses that we're seeing um, in, uh, in recent weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like, and, and some of it is really unforced and self inflicted, which is what's really disappointing about it as well. I just feel. There's been a lot of times, and we've seen it in games, where we've gone up and then we just take our foot off the gas. I think that's one of the worst traits we have at the moment. Like, there's the thought of pamming some of these guys 4, 5, 6, nil, not exciting you. Like, do you know what I mean? So I just feel like we do get too comfortable. And 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 I've heard it been said on, on other places as well. It's almost as if the game gets too easy for Arsenal. And then, like, 
we just drop off all our intensity and then we just start playing so casual. But as you see, when we're casual, we can just give away goals for fun, man. So it's it's really something that we need to that we need to work on, man. Um, so it was a shame because I didn't really like how I thought the first sixty was good, but the last half an hour I, I didn't really like how we managed that at yeah. all, man. So it's and obviously I think Zinchenko was poor on this occasion, but you know we've seen. We saw against Southampton, Ramsdale pass the ball. It's been all of them, you know, at all uh, at various different points. Just, just, just silly, silly errors, man. Mm. Um, and 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 I'm at a loss to explain why. And that's what makes it more frustrating because the goals we're conceding are not systematic errors or they're just laughable stupid, goals. stupid goals. goals. So, yeah, laughable, laughable goals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I can't lie. Yeah, a little bit disappointed. So, you know, uh, for last, last, uh, last bit of the pod, let's get into some listeners' questions, right? Um, so I've got got a few here. Uh, Yonko Abs, he says that Chelsea pack be hitting um, <laughs> as as a question, be hitting right. Um, and do you know what? I thought I would be happier. After the game is mad. Like I just feel like Chelsea are so rubbish at the moment that I didn't even get the full joy that I normally get. Like the the win at Stamford Bridge, it was a lot better. I enjoyed was, that more. I, innit? I was floating after that. You know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. I think you know Chelsea, they still had a bit more respect about them. But you know, I'm looking at them now, and it's like you're 39 points in May. You know, it's the last month of the season. You know, people are questioning whether you're legitimately going to be relegated. You know, and all of this stuff, and I'm just like, I know it's unlikely. If Chelsea got relegated, I'm I'm, I'm not gonna lie, that pack would hit. That pack would hit differently. That that that, that might be almost as good as not winning the title, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you yeah. know what, Sean? Do you know what, Sean? Actually, no, I'm not gonna say. It. I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh, um, would I would I sacrifice not winning a title with it and Chelsea got really? No, 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 no. I'd, I'd uh, give, give, all, always give me the title, but I yeah. mean, sec, second and relegation, where it's just <laughs> it's not it's bad, bad because I do bad. love blood of my enemies, but I do yeah. want to win more than I love blood of my enemies. I know there's not, yeah, I know there's others out there, you know, who are just pure haters and they will <laughs> sacrifice themselves to see their enemies down, but yeah. I don't think I'm quite there there yet for 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 Chelsea. But yes, Yonka Abs, that Chelsea pack is hitting. You know, I wish it would hit a little bit. Maybe we're top of the league, probably hit, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, but Harry Subland has asked, whose stock has risen the most this season, both from within the Arsenal fan base and outside of Arsenal fans? Hmm, that's interesting. Within the fan base, I think Xhaka's stock has gone. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I, I was even going to say because he's got, you know, where we're talking about numbers, he's got five goals, seven assists in the league. Remember, he got both assists for Erdegaard on Tuesday, and he's oh, got yeah. seven in seven in all comps because he got two in Europa as well. So he's done a seven-seven season, which is in, which is outrageous yeah. when we're actually putting it like that. From Xhaka, that is crazy. I think he's scored more goals this season than he has like in his last two, three combined. Do you know what I mean? So, which is, um, yeah, insane. So, generally, like that level of output. So, yeah, probably may- maybe him, maybe him. Ben White? I don't know. Did pe- people were happy with Ben White last season, though, I guess, yeah. but maybe he's done more again this season. Um, I think um, Martinelli's a shout from outside. 
Potential. Yeah, yeah. And, and inside, you know, so most people are a little bit proud of Martin I know, and, and I'd say Erdegaard outside, because yeah. I don't, outside they weren't talking about talking about Erdegaard like this last season, but yeah. like now they're all looking at Erdegaard as a premium, you know, like, you yeah, know, when like, you're talking yeah. top three in the attacking midfielders in the yeah, league. Yeah, like Carragher was talking about him yeah. for player of the year and all yeah, of this stuff. Yeah, right? his, so, his, his name, he, he he deserves it. His name has to be there. So, see, so yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd say maybe Erdegaard and, and Martinelli outside. Yeah, fair, fair play, fair play. So, Sosh, uh, or S-O-S-H-G-M, he says, uh, why is there so much disrespect towards Odegaard from some fans? He's on course for the most non-penalty goals for a midfielder in Premier League history, and no one's talking about it. Bar four or five games, he's been superb. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, are we not talking about it? I, I mean, I think, I think, and and, it's, I think and he's, he's getting props, man. Yeah, I, th- I think he's getting props. Um, you know, he scored against scored against Chelsea, scored against Tottenham, assisted goals against Liverpool, United. Um, so yeah. I think he's. I think he's done his thing, man. So yeah, where I, where I think um, um, people are probably harsh is what I would say is, I think after some of these games when he, he's not necessarily performed well, people go to the other extreme and say, "Oh no, he's crap. He's useless. Promotion yeah. guard, Gibraltar guard, and all of this stuff that people say. Right? Yeah. Oh, he only's a flat track bully, right? And I don't think that's necessarily fair. I think. The spacing doesn't help him either. Yeah, because yeah. He, he he's, he, he's, he's not ball, a big space player. Yeah, he's not a sprinter like that. Yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Right. He's he's got short little legs and his running style, and he's not very quick either. Do you know mm. what I mean? So when the spacing in the team is off, it's quite difficult for him to perform mm. as well. So I, I think, yeah, I think it's more when we tend to lose control, his influence wanes big time. Do you know what I mean? But I think when we're on top, you feel his influence big time as well so it's more a case of he's yeah when we struggle to and again this comes back to like you said the space in the defense when there's too many uh, the word we're looking for is compactness when Arsenal are not compact you can tell do you know what I mean because it's not very often you see big spaces in the middle of the pitch and that's probably been a feature of us under Arteta even at times when we weren't good we never really gave up chances during the middle so when now you notice, you know, when that spacing isn't there, you know, when it's incorrect, it it, it affects the whole structure badly, man. So, so yeah, yeah that's, that's probably it. Yeah, 100%, man. And I think on the on the, not the most non-penalty goals thing, right, I think there needs to be a fact check on that because I think Deli Ali scored 17. Oh, did he? Goals on, on season. It's just whether or not he's, he's counting as a midfielder. I would count him as a midfielder um, personally. So, uh, I think that one needs to be. I know it's been doing the rounds, but I'm not sure it's entirely correct that stat. But um, we'll see, we'll see because I do think Erdogan's got another couple of goals in him before the season is done. Um, you know, so he might end up on on, on higher than Delhi Alley as well. You know, so um, let's not let's not write that off, um, just yet. So I think this would be a fantastic season from him output wise. Um, Regardless, you know, I think he's got 14 goals, six assists, Seven. And 20 goal contributions. Yeah, yeah. 21. 21. 21. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so so 21 goal contributions is um it's really superb. And on that point, I think Saka's on 23, Martinelli's on 20, Odegaard's on 21. 
um, and Jesus is on twenty. Uh, is on fifteen, right? Ten goals, yeah. five assists. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So that is, um, you know, a, a fantastic return. I think from mm-hmm. ostensibly our front four, and then you know, you mentioned Jacker stats as well, seven seven uh, or five and seven in the league. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I think if you then add a more attacking player um, into that left eight. I think that left eight can get double figures as well. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie to you. I think I'm thinking to the the, the, the positions that you know Shaq has taken up at times, and, and some of those chances that he's he's fluffed, and sometimes where he's just not even able to get the ball out of his feet or be able to turn um, on it. You know, so um, I'm, I'm I'm definitely encouraged by what we might do this uh, this summer window. Um, some of the rumors that are coming out around. Um, you know, us well, a more attacking midfielder. It's, 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 it's funny because I was I was doing some numbers earlier today. We scored eighty one goals so far this season, right? So that's already twenty more than we managed in the whole of last season. The last time we scored over eighty goals was back in oh uh, nine ten, and then the season before that was oh five oh four oh five. So they already scored more than the Invincibles has in that unbeaten season. Um, and yeah, we've got four scorers or more who have scored more than 10 goals. Do you know what I mean? Last time that happened, I think it was 12 13. Yeah. So I think the way to replace, you know, sometimes when we talk about having a dominant goal scorer, sometimes that doesn't always equate into you being a better team. That might sound mad because look at Ireland at, at City, but, but sometimes sometimes that, that that is the case. You know, we had Oba before, but you know, no one else was really clapping like that in the team when it was just Oba in it. Do you know what I mean? So and, and we're scoring more than when Oba was here. So I, I think there's different ways to look at it depending on, on how you want it to do it. I think the, the, the easiest comparison to make is the, the Liverpool one, right? Because it was you had Firmino, Mane, Salah always all in double figures as well. Do you know what I mean? So that was the way they offset it and tried to keep pace with City. So there's 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 numerous ways to skin a cut. So it's good. It's, it, these are all positive trends, do you know what I mean? So and like yeah. you said, if we can get a left eight that can... Um, get up with the other four that will bode well as well because it's ostensibly the way we play we defend with five and we attack with five so mm. the onus is on that five to have the shooting the end product whatever and obviously the defensive five to have that defensive stability yeah agreed agreed um, and so sam e underscore nine has asked do we officially throw the bottle tag at arteta now given how curious inclusion in the side seem to maintain team dynamics much better any idea why he didn't do this in the first place we talked on this a bit, um, and for me, you know, it is a question mark that we have to put at him. Um, like I said at the top of the pod, you know, this is something that he's done, I think, now three seasons in a row. He's not been able to, you know, stumble on the right adjustments in time. And I think actually part of this, Sean, is that um, he doesn't, and maybe, you know, the squad quality, etc., is not the same as Man City. So, you know, um, he doesn't really make adjustments when we're winning, you know, because I think something that would have been good in, um, you know, maybe the Leeds game, maybe the, the Crystal Palace game is, right, let me see what Kivio looks like um, at right centre-back after we've gone 2-3-0 up. You know what I mean? Let me yeah. see party right-back Jorginho in the six, um, Ben White centre-back after we've gone two, three nil up, um, you know, to, to see if it's a viable solution. Let me look at that for 30 minutes. Let me look at that for 40 minutes. Um, let me even look at what we're like with Rob Holding 
when Saliba is um, is fit and firing and we're two, three and luck, right? Because, you know, you, you then give yourself a chance, an opportunity to t- try different things without necessarily having to drop those points. And I think, you know, it's probably easier said than done for a team like Man City where he can play Bernardo Silva at left back. He's got quality in all the other 10 positions where he knows we're still going to pick up the three points. I can put Rico Lewis into centre mid. I could put a Kanji at left back. Um, I can try all of these various things because every single one of these guys um, is a top quality footballer. The level doesn't drop so much. Um, and so maybe this is something that we might see going forward if we plug some of these holes in the squad. But I think there is a there's a twofold thing, right, that probably leads into this, is that we don't see enough of these squad players when we're winning. Um, and that means that when something does happen, it's a real drastic change that we've we've now not been able to sample or test out or or try out at any point because you're so um I think you know not you're not as flexible as what you you, you probably should be. Um, over the course of a season and maybe the squad is probably just not good enough at present to be more flexible but you know good to hear your thoughts on that as well yeah i i agree i think it is twofold i think you've touched on both i think it in an ideal world he, he does need to trust and, and and maybe be better at rotation like you said seeing some of more of the squad players but i think conversely to your other point it's easier to be like pep and be comfortable when you you didn't have to plan over a period of time you could just do it like i think there was a summer where pep just signed like four defenders right because they had you know they had the budget to do that and i think arteta made he alluded to that as such in one of his press conferences where he was like you know pep has been there like seven years you know what i mean this is like we're working over a period of window so it's it's taking a, a time to get there and i think that the, the point to be made actually is that a lot of people forget City squad isn't actually that big. It's just that Pep has a squad of 18 that he trusts wholeheartedly that he doesn't care who starts, basically. You know, he could, like you said, seamlessly, that that level never drops. Whereas we've seen with us, some of the guys he has started, like, you know, he's given a couple starts to Fabio Vieira and he hasn't shown that he can be trusted defensively yet. So that's impacted us, you know. Um, yeah, so I think fundamentally we, we just need to... It's, it's, it's a qualitative issue and that's why overall like you can't be too worried because you've seen the level we we have done when when players are fit and and probably a, another point to make is that you know we're trying to compete with the title so how many changes do you want to make do you know what i mean so like if you're saying because imagine he did then do these changes and then there was a drop-off you'd be like oh well why did arteta do this do you know what i mean so sometimes it's a it's a 2-2 situation you can't always win in it but i hear you and, and, I, and i agree as well i think but especially with Champions League next season, he will have to do this. So, yeah, one hundred percent. So, next question from Tips Eleven. He says we win all of our remaining games, but City still win the title. Yes, bitter pill to swallow. But is this season still somewhat a success? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I th- it, it would. I think there was a question asked a few weeks back where was, would it be a disappointment or failure? It can't be a failure. Do you know what I mean? When you're competing with a team where even if you win 90 points, you're not guaranteed to, to get the title. It can't be deemed a failure because you're just left with no margin for error. And as we've seen, we don't have that margin for error at the moment just because we don't have that quality within the whole squad. So it would be disappointment. But if you told me, if you told all of us at the start of the season, we were going to finish second. Bearing in mind, if you probably pull up on the Tachiguna's account and 
asked where we were being predicted to finish at the start of the season, that that wasn't what it was. So so yeah, um, hindsight is an obvious thing, but second is second is a really good season and it's a really good building block again for next season. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, I think uh, you know I, I wouldn't. It's a funny one because for me, you know, success is a is a strange word, right? But I think it's been a good season, regardless of what happens. You know, I think it's been a good season. I think, you know, we said at the top, there's been a lot of highs this season. You know, there's been a lot of positives. You look at it, um, you know, you mentioned the number of goals that we scored compared to last season. Obviously, the points, the league finish, you know, um, the performances as well, you know, number one, ultimately, have been very good this season. So I think it's, it's been a good season. You know, there, there will be uh, some disappointment there if we don't um, if we don't win the league, um, and, and and you can't really get away from that. But you know, I think where you know I wouldn't necessarily call it success per se, but you know, it can be a building block to success. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be you know a stepping stone um, to to success. And you know, I think in the past, uh, well, well, before this season, I compared. Um, I compared this team to that Tottenham one that came second uh, uh, on the Pochettino. I said, you know, they big jump forward, got eighty six points, etc. The next the next season, right? And you know, we've almost done exactly the same thing. I don't know what we're going to finish on. It might be anywhere in that eighty six to to ninety range, depending, you know, how some of these, um, you know, last few games, um, last few games go, but. The next thing is that, that that Spurs team didn't do when they had a good base. The likes of Harry Kane, Son, Wanyama, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, Lloris was um, a, a better version of himself, Walker, Rose and all these guys. They didn't then build on that, you know, to plug those holes, to fill the squad with more quality. They went, you know, and did did nonsense, really, in a, in, in a transfer window. And, you know, the rest is history. Pochettino wanted to, you know... Um, uh, wanted wanted back in. Levy didn't get give it to him, and and Tottenham are still probably right now trying to recover from you know not building on that 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 season, right? And so I think the the, the major thing that we need to do then is to ensure that we continue to move forward and don't rest on our laurels. And from all the talking at the club, Edu, Arteta, etc., phases, this and yeah, but it doesn't sound like that's the aim. That doesn't sound like that's what they're going to do. You know, we're seeing a lot of transfer talk already. There's Declan Rice being touted, two midfielders, a defender, a forward, etc. coming out coming out from the coming out from the uh, the, the, the the rumors that journalists are pushing. So you know I think the really important thing is that this is a building block. You know, next season, we must go again. You know, next season, we must improve again. And it, there must be more and more incremental um, incremental improvements, marginal gains that are made so that, you know, if we are here next season, um, if we are here next season, you know, we are able to get over the line as opposed to fumbling um, at the final final hurdle, right? So so that's, that's what I think... Um, is 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 the most important thing at this point, you know, rather than you know dwelling on you know as this is season success or failure, man. You've got no divine right to win a league title, so you know you use the opportunity that that way you didn't win it to build and, and improve on on uh, on for the, for the next year. So 
Final couple of questions here. Um, some I really do rage. Nate Rager. Um, he says, "Is Eddie ceiling higher than Peak Welbeck?" Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I, thing is, I did like Welbeck. Welbeck was a was a really, really generally he was a good footballer. He had, he had a lot of nice attributes, but the guy couldn't finish his dinner. So there was just you know your your ceiling's always going to be capped. Whereas obviously. I think Eddie's a better finisher than him, and he's and he's been doing a lot of work on his on his on his all round game. So, over the, if you're to say, is Eddie going to score more goals over the course of his career than Welbeck? Of course, he's going to score more goals in the career than Welbeck. The, if if you the more interesting question to ask would be, you know, how long is Eddie going to be happy with this current status? You know, because if you look on Tuesday, he was left as an unused sub on the bench, right? Do you know what I mean? So it looks like. Tross, Trossard has usurped a lot of people in the pecking order. And that's fair enough because, and you can't argue against it, based on actual performances, Trossard deserves to play. And, you know, we've all made that point, whether that's up front, even as one of the interiors, Trossard deserves to play, in my opinion. I actually, funnily enough, the place I actually don't like Trossard is on the wing, you know. But when he plays as a false nine or when he plays as a left eight, you know, when he came on against Southampton and he was left centre mid, I really liked the look of that, do you know what I mean? So... So that is what it is, but yeah, sorry, I've deviated massively off topic. He will outdo Welbeck's ceiling, yeah. Yeah, so it's a matter. I'm, I've got I've got Welbeck's stats up. I don't even know what prime Welbeck is, but or Pete Welbeck, I think. What's what's the most goals he scored in the season? Nine in thirty in eleven twelve, nine in twenty five in thirteen fourteen. This is for Man United. So yeah. for Arsenal, never scored more than six league goals. Blood of Jesus, bro. Brighton the same. I think he scored six in the last three, including this one. He scored six league goals for Brighton um, for the last three seasons. So, you know, all comps, his best return is 12 in 11-12. 13-14, it was 10. And 17-18 for Arsenal, it was 10 in all comps. And I think that was when he got the hat-trick against um, Galatasaray that time. Um in the Champions League. So I think Eddie has already got 11 goals all competitions um, for Arsenal. Maybe 10 goals all competitions for Arsenal last year is his most. But he's basically, if Eddie played 25 games like Welbeck has to get these six, like six goals the past three seasons, mm. I think Eddie will get double figures. Um, Personally, I think he'll end up on on, on 10, 11 goals. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I definitely think that Eddie is, um, has got a higher, higher ceiling than, than Welbeck, um, personally. Um, and final question here from um, Elliot Online. He says, ESR got the 10 shirt, but can't get a start for love nor money. What's going on? Also, I think we need... Well, let's do that question first, and he's got a second part. Um, oh, well... This question is break. This question is breaking my heart, bro. I'm not like I'm. I'm in that stage. Yeah, I'm in proper denial stage. I'm just refuting anything where I see which says he's going. I can't do it, bro. I just can't. I have the most stocks in this kid than any. Well, him and Saka joint most stocks, bro. I'm not ready to do it. I can't do it, bro. I can't do it. And I think, you know, we had you know in the in the group we had the discussion the other day about you know. Obviously, with the level we're reaching now, it's going to be a lot harder for young players to break through. But I think ESR has a lot of equity in the bank, you know, and this is his first big period that he spent out of the team. Like, and we know why, because he's had groin surgery. 
to fix issues that he's been having for the last, you know, three odd years. And obviously now he's come back to a team that's really good um, and he can't get a start. Obviously what some people say is that, you know, he's been left in as, as an unused sub in a lot of comfy wins we've had. And that's also very true. So I don't know where we're at. I'm hoping and fingers crossed it's like, you know, the situation with Martinelli where Martinelli was on the bench for a year and he didn't play a lot and people thought Arteta hated him. So I'm hoping it's more along those lines. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried. But I need him to be here, bro. Because this isn't just the case of... It's, this is evidently a young player that's good enough to play and good enough to contribute to where we're going to. So I'm not ready to do it. And I think whilst, yes, we're trying to compete at the highest level now and we can't be too sentimental and we can't afford to wait for everyone, I think... In his case, it's slightly different because one, he was the person who saved Arteta's job when we were in the trenches. Two, last season when he was a starter and he was fit, you saw what he could do. Um, and three, at the age of 22, I'm not, there's still way too much investment in this kid at, with the number 10 shirt to be giving that up. So now I'm not there. And I still think whilst we can't spend uh, what Chelsea, City, United do, and but we will spend our, our we should still be formed around Tayland. I still think that should be the backbone of the team. So like him and Saka, they should still hold the keys to the club, in my opinion. But I am biased. Mm. Yeah, yeah. For me, I'm the same, right? I've just got I've got too many stocks invested in the kid, man. Yeah. And for me, I feel like the manager should as well, because as you said, you know, he's, he's part of the reason why he's still in the job. You know, he saved him, you know, him, Saka Martinelli got him out of the mud, basically. Um, when he was fully, fully, fully in the mud, you know, completely mudded. And we look at it, um, I think people are too quick to dismiss someone who is able to get 10 non-penalty goals in their first season as a starter in a team that isn't necessarily that good either, you know. And I think a lot of his finishes, like we were saying with Erdegaard, very repeatable. His, his understanding of space, you know, and his ability to strike, um, pop up in the box, ball striking off both feet, um, very, very repeatable. And I think, you know, he's got some skills that you just can't um, can't really teach. And I think if you look at the the best version of this team, what it's asking, you know, it's left eight to do, what it's asking it's left wingers to do, etc. cetera, um, combination play, ball carrying, striking off both feet, arriving late into the box, timing your runs. Um, it fits ESR to the, uh, like, you know, it fits the bill completely, right? And you look at what we've done with other Hayland talent and guys that we brought in, like we sold guys like Joe Willock, etc. to bring in someone like, you know, um, Lokonga or Fabio Vieira, etc. who's not had, you know, potentially the best of seasons um, either, you know, I would really say we need to trust in some of these academy guys because if we say, for instance, we sold Smith Rowe and brought in someone like that Gabri Vega, who we've been loosely linked with, right? If he started every game next season, is he going to score us 10 goals? We Do we know this? Has he scored 10 goals this season? Um, I think he's the same age as Smith Rowe was last year um, in La Liga. You know, um, and I don't think he has. I think he's got something like seven goals or something um, 
for, for, for the season. So I'm looking at it and saying, you know, we need to have a bit more faith in these guys. Um, yo, I, yo, hey, yo, Cougs, he's got nine goals and four assists, bro. <laughs> no, no, he's not got 10, though. He's not got 10, though. Yeah, he's got yeah, four yeah. games left. He's not got 10. Um, you know, so I'm looking at it and I'm just saying, you know, let's, let's, let's trust these guys a bit more. You know, let's trust these guys a bit more um, because, you know, they've shown that they, they can really jug, you know. So for me, with Smith Rowe, I think we just have to chalk it and say it's a lost season. You know, I think things haven't necessarily worked in his favour. He obviously had the surgery. Um, and then I think when he's come back, um, the stakes have been quite high. You know, these are not the games where, you know, when, when City are chasing you, it's not necessarily the games where you can really, you know, give people minutes when they're not fit, when they're not necessarily ready, not when they're not necessarily match fit, right? So, you know, I think the circumstances haven't necessarily worked in his favour. I think next season, pre-season, is a massive, massive, massive one for him. No international tournament. He's going to be full-time with the team, working on his game, working with the manager. And if he is here, which I am very hopeful and um, expecting him to be next season, then, you know, we can build on that and then we can really make a judgment about where um, Arteta season um in the in in the ranks um and so elliot online his last question was i think we need an alternative number nine who do you have dossiers on so 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 this this is interesting because when i ask people why they want another striker they often talk about a more physical striker but i feel like the analysis of jesus is interesting because jesus does what a tall physical striker does it's just that jesus is short so like but Jesus bullied their centre-backs the other night, like, do you know what I mean? Fofana had a bad day, like, do you know what I mean? Like, what they're talking about, six foot, like, a bullying, like, turning, holding up, but it's just because I think the frame of what Jesus does, and he obviously does a lot of jinky-majinky, but he has really good hold-up play, do you know what I mean? By the way, I'm not saying we don't sign, we, you don't have to sign a new striker, but when I ask about, they're, they're, in everyone's mind, they think we need, like, a six foot plus, like, they want a, another Haaland or, like, a Vlahovic type in it do you know what i mean so and i get it i can get it to an extent i was a very big fan of isak so um but yeah, yeah i'm kind of rattled that isak's gone to, to newcastle to be honest, because that guy if you ask me who i'd want he he's that's an arsenal striker right there bro he's, that's who he's wearing a 14 shirt as well man i it on reasons i do in it so that's it is what it is it is what yeah, it is man but, uh I, I i don't know if i'm to be totally honest i don't watch enough ball for that um but I think it would need to be a striker that is mobile. I, I wouldn't want just a static nine because we've seen what happens a bit, you know, if look, that period when we spoke about with Eddie and Martinelli. So I need a striker who can, if it is going to be a forward, a striker who can do what Jesus does, but it's just more clinical. But um, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. but at the same time, let's see how Jesus ends the season. He's got five in his last five. So, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I think the thing that we're we're missing from our front line is is, is pace. So, yeah. but I, I don't even think we I don't think we'll we'll, we'll end up getting a striker. Even if we sell Eddie and um, Balogun, I think what we'll most likely see is Trossard becoming the, the nine or the false nine, etc. And then us signing another wide forward. Um, mm-hmm. You know, seeing the likes of Musa Diaby's name um, that's been mentioned, and that would actually excite me quite a bit mm-hmm. because I think that's a versatile forward can play left and right you know um it probably moves Smith Rose 
um, moves a, a blocker for Smith Rowe as well on that left wing position. If you're gonna, if if you see him as a, you know, in, in a, a winger kind of thing, if Trossard becomes more of a nine option rather than a left wing option, um, so 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 that's something that I would quite like to see, and I think that would. You know, based on some of the links, it might be something that the club is considering as well. You know, because I think Jesus is the guy. I don't think we're going to get a, a striker better than him, personally. I yeah, and and, and also it's more just how do you plan to keep everyone happy? Like, and obviously people, but the fact of the matter is, your main striker is going to play most games, bro. And then like, look, we've sat here during the season and said like we need to find more minutes for Eddie, but now again you've gone and signed someone who is you know and a, a trossard as well so i i for me there's not enough minutes to go around and that's that's why i like you know we've spoken about a balagan will ask to leave because if eddie's not getting minutes how on earth is balagan gonna get minutes it doesn't make any sense you know what i mean so and and to be honest before the world cup eddie didn't start a single match you know he didn't right. start a single match so and and yeah yeah and you know and it would have been nice to have seen but at the same time conversely we don't have that city luxury where we can rotate seamlessly and still expect to get results. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, and, so and it's a case fair, of yeah, go on. And next season is Champions League, not Europa. Yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be, I think, less rotation um, That's it. around the main guys. You know, for some of these games. So mm. you know, I don't think it's a case where we're going to be making nine, ten changes for no. Europa League. Game. Yeah. You know, it'll be you know three, four, four five. Maybe you know, yeah. Um, the second keeper might come in, you know. Do you know what I mean, right? Um, and even then, if you're playing a big team, you know, you know, the second keeper's not coming in to play yeah. that game, right? So, you know, um, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, anyone that we bring, they need to be, you know, a plug and play, you know, mm -hmm. they need to be a plug and play. You can trust them to really do it. And do I go see Arsenal going out and spending? Big big money on a on a centre forward, I can't really see it, but I can see them doing uh, spending big on potentially a wide forward, you know, mm -hmm. potentially a wide forward. So you can you know you can rest, you can rotate Martinelli, three wingers, two strikers, mm -hmm. and 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 all of those guys are multi positional. Um, yeah, because 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 when, when I look at it, and when I look at it and compare it, mm -hmm. I, I look at the Liverpool model, and they have like what. Do they have five for three positions, or is it? Six? They have. So they have Nunes, they have Diaz, they have Jota, Salah, and Gakpo, right? That's pretty much five. Mm, Obviously, Firmino, but Firmino's leaving yeah, at the end of the season. But, leaving, yeah. but five. But but people look at it and be like, five for three? Are we short? But I just think I don't know. Six for three is probably the max you could go to, whilst ensuring mm. everyone gets adequate game time. And even then, there might be someone left unhappy. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So people need to factor these in mind when, when they try to start building. Like It's very rare you have 20... Obviously, I know you have a squad of 25, but it's very rare you have 25 20, man, top, top, top quality. But you, you just can't. Like, like you said, look at Pep. Pep has 18 men that are happy, and then the rest of the squad is just youngsters. Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah fair play. Yeah. So we're going to leave it there for today guys again apologies for getting this out so late but you know you still got friday um to enjoy friday and saturday to enjoy this before our next game um against newcastle uh Sean, thank you very much for um 
for joining me. And listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. And we'll catch you um, after the Newcastle game, hopefully with a uh, post-match patron. Peace. 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 Could have had that fight, but I'm in walk on site. Man, I had to grab that mic. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good oh, energy. Man, I'm gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do it. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's foul. That's the response of Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network.